Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hello, welcome to episode 19. We are wrapping up our stewardship series today with our stewardship of media. And I guess we should maybe call it information because I feel mm-hmm. like the thing is hmm. the information is coming at us all yeah. the time, whether it's you true. are in the checkout stand and you see, you look up from your phone long enough to see the magazine <laughs> or, um, you know, it, it's just, it's constant. So yeah. we are going to talk today about, so if you've been tuning in for our stewardship series, we've been talking about how as modern day Americans, we have a constant abundance of things and it is really up to us to steward the things well that we're purchasing and what we're doing with them. So we talked about food and how there's just this abundance of cheap food and how should it be cheap? Probably not. How can we be better at this? Um, How can we buy things that matter and put into our consumer, our food dollar, um, put that toward good practices that we believe in and want to support. And then we talked about shopping and how we can Mm -hmm. shop a little bit more sustainably and with a little bit more intention And so today we're turning that focus away from so much things we buy, but it's still consumption. We're talking about consumption of media. Um, The angle we're going to, that we're really interested in here is um, kind of how this can get really addictive really easily. And um, I mean, I'm ashamed to say I'm incredibly addicted to technology. And um, I mean, to the point where my children tell me to put my phone down and they're only three and a half, so that's not good. Um, But (laughs) I think that we're all in a similar boat here. And um, Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, this is just something we need to really, I don't think we think of it as something we steward. I don't think we even think of it as a resource or a tool. I think we think of our phone as just sort of like it is what it is, but we have a choice here and we have a choice with how we interact with it. So if you guys have been listening since the beginning, our most popular episodes by far are the ones we did on body image with Dr. Angela Schaffner. And we are so excited because she's here today because um, a lot of the same issues that drive eating disorders also drive other addictive behaviors, Definitely. such as mm-hmm. not being a good steward of media. Well, and I was just going to say for me, what's really what I've really been thinking about lately is I compare all kinds of stewardship of whatever resources to the stewardship of money. And, um, you know, money in and of itself is not a bad thing, mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's the love of money that's evil, not mm-hmm. money. Well, it's the same thing with, you know, um, food is not bad. Um, food's not evil. Um, cl- buying clothing, we have to c- cover our bodies. Like, that's not bad. There's nothing inherently wrong with those things. There's nothing inherently wrong with technology. It's not going anywhere. Like, we can say, I'm going to boycott it. I'm going to get rid of it. I'm never going to have a phone. I'm never going to do social media. We can do all those things, but it's not going anywhere. Us all doing that is not going to make it go anywhere. And so more is how do we have proper boundaries around mm-hmm. those those things that so that we can steward them well and use them um, in a way that is pleasing in a way that's not addictive so that's Mm -hmm. kind of where I've been you know searching my own heart is not viewing it as this bad horrible thing because for a while I think I was like I can't do any of this stuff because it's bad and it you know it's it's a sin or whatever to to have Mm -hmm. these things in my life and more of seeing them like you said as a resource and a tool and something that we can use for good as long as we have proper boundaries around them so that's kind of where and it comes I'm out with that. Yeah. And I think the whole thing with all of this stewardship is nobody's going to put the boundaries in place for us because yeah. all of these things we've been talking about, like we have to actively put boundaries up there and care enough to do that. And so yeah. 
Um, but the thing is, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, in all of these areas, it is just easier to not care. And yeah. so, but, um, so a little bit of what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about what does it look like if you don't care about your media consumption? Like, what is the reality of that? If you, you know, just let it get out of control yeah. We're going to talk about, um, maybe some signs that it is getting to a point where you might want to intervene. And then, um, we're just going to hear Angela's thoughts. <laughs> That's my dog. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. Oh my gosh. You have a part hound dog going blind and that is just what's going to happen is he's going to be on the podcast. It's um, so real life, baby, real life. Um, Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys. But, um, yeah. So, and also I just want to hear what Angela thinks cause I really trust your opinions and think yeah. you're brilliant. So, um, do you want Thank to introduce you. yourself for any people who haven't heard you on the past episode? Briefly? Sure. Yeah. I'm Angela Schaffner. Um, I'm a licensed psychologist in private practice in Atlanta. And, um, the majority of my work has been with eating disorder, um, treatment and recovery at Atlanta Center for Eating Disorders, which is now Walden Behavioral Care, and um, that they do an inpatient, um, or I'm sorry, outpatient and partial hospitalization program there for people with eating disorders. So I have a lot of experience running groups and working with individuals with eating concerns, um, but also just working with um, people in general with anxiety, depression, things like that. So yeah, um, that's kind of what I've been doing for the past 13 years or so since I finished my training. Um, so, and you know, I'm excited to be here talking about, um, media. I think it's something that we, we just, none of us can get away from, you know, I mean, and it starts with just habits, you know, we all have good habits and we have some habits that aren't so good. And, you know, I think it's tough sometimes to tease apart when does something that's just sort of a bad habit cross over the line to become something that we might even consider an addiction or something that maybe we should consider going to treatment for, or just really seriously reevaluating kind of how that's playing out in our life. And, you know, as I've thought about media consumption um, and being a good steward of that, you know, what has come to mind for me a lot is just, mindfulness and being mindful in our consumption, just like we are with food. Um, you know, just like, for instance, if you are about to eat a meal and, you know, you go to a restaurant or you sit down at home, you don't just open your mouth and allow people to start chucking food at you and Mm -hmm. throwing whatever they want to into your face. Right. Right. Um, that would be ridiculous. And we probably wouldn't, enjoy the things that are being thrown at us all the time. Maybe some of them we would like, but maybe we're getting bigger quantities than we want or smaller quantities than we want. Um, So I kind of think why, why would we allow ourselves to do that with media? You know, and to some extent it's a little harder to control because, you know, there's billboards, there's things that we can't almost escape, you know, you can't drive down the road without being confronted with a lot of different advertisements and things like that. But no, I think a lot of it is being a mindful consumer and a critical thinker uh, uh, as you come across those things, you know, not just letting yourself be exposed to those things, but thinking about, okay, that person I see on that magazine, let me remind myself that that has been airbrushed and filtered mm-hmm. and, you know, let me be a critical consumer of what I'm seeing. Yes. You know, I love that idea of being a critical consumer. Because, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us, 
the word that keeps coming to my mind is mindless. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the consumption of media that we do take in is just completely mindless. Like we're not even thinking about it. And a lot of times we're just trying to zone out mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I am like when I hop on Instagram or whatever I'm doing, I'm just kind of like zoning out for a minute. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think we realize how it, it's almost like more impactful mm-hmm. when you're not trying, you know, when you're just right. like, well, whatever, I'm just going to scroll. And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, and then, you know, you'll have a dream a week later with an image you saw in it. You're like, right. man, has like, that ever happened to you? Like you'll, yeah. and you're just like, that's so crazy that that just was yeah. stored in my brain and you don't think Definitely. it is. Yeah. Or, or there's lots of studies of things like that where our unconscious minds are, are being exposed to stuff all the time that we don't necessarily mindfully process. Yeah. And we don't even realize that that's happening, you know? So we do have to start realizing that that is happening and think about what impact is that having on me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think we're kind of in a cultural moment where that's happening. Mm -hmm. Like, I think people are starting to see Mm -hmm. that, you know, we need to steward our media. It can't just be this thing that we've let it be where it's completely out of control. But Mm -hmm. I mean, that begs the question, like how, how, when, Mm -hmm. I mean, like Rebecca, you were saying on a previous episode, like that's how you get updates on your kid's school. I mean, it's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, we, we have a podcast, like social media right. is, is a necessity yeah. because that's how you promote. That's how most promotion happens now. That's how most connection right. happens now. Yeah. Um, and, and then with, you know, with schooling stuff, like mm-hmm. that's how you get connected um, with your kid's school. If you're not on Facebook and mm-hmm. like, you know, the school's Facebook page, you miss information. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. like there is, so there is like, we, we can't just go dark. Yeah. Like, I mean, we could well, definitely. But, and I, you know, I'm definitely not here to say, you know technology is evil anything like that but you know I think the quality of the connection is something we need to think seriously about because you know you may be connecting with people on Facebook but let's think for a minute about the quality of that connection because you know think of scrolling through Facebook or Instagram you're seeing snapshots of someone's life you're seeing maybe a comment that they have thought 30 minutes about posting right? or you're thinking, you know, you're seeing their very best picture of the 10 that they took or maybe Mm -hmm. more, you know, and, and that is creating kind of a skewed sense of reality that these beautiful snapshots are someone else's life. Right. Really they're just a snapshot, but as we're scrolling through all of that so quickly, you know, we don't slow down to, think critically about those elements of it. And, you know, we start to really believe everybody's life looks better than mine. Well, it's funny because when you say that out loud, it's like, you know, that's not true. Right. I mean, like, but, but I think until you bring it to light Mm -hmm. and really acknowledge that that's your perception, Mm -hmm. you might not even be aware of it. It just might be Mm -hmm. this like kind of low grade, feeling of uncomfortableness or like a little right. resentment. You don't even know what it is, but it's like, I mean, that is directly exponentially related to how much time I spend on social media, how mm-hmm. discontent I am. Yeah. And, um, I just thought of this, but I think, uh, to celebrate this episode, we're going to post the outtakes from our headshots Oh Lord. just because <laughs> we ended up with some great headshots, but I think everybody needs to see the ones that need right. a three that makes you want to barf a little. So you guys are going to see this in my muffin top. And come on. And my, like, face. <laughs> now I really yeah. am. It's happening. Yeah. Um, well, and neither do we need to post all of our worst moments on that. No, exactly. exactly. No, exactly. It's like, it's That's okay. Not, there's a balance to put our best yes. foot forward in a way, but we have to just remember that that's what we're doing. That's what everyone's doing. Right? And that's what yes. everybody's doing. And um, not let ourselves begin to believe, oh, 
you know, this is, this is what their life looks like all the time. Their kids all sit still and smile at the camera. (laughs) You will not see a picture of the five of us very often, you know, on any of my social media because they usually don't end up without there being a blur involved or, you know, something just because that's just us, you know? And, um, but that's okay. And I think that's what we need to take away from it too. Like you, you don't have to be someone else or, or present things the way someone else is, mm-hmm. you know, but there can be sort of this almost like online social media peer pressure in a way or something. Yeah. To I mean, I, that. I remember when the girls were, it was right before they turned two and everybody was going to pumpkin patches cause it was fall. And I was like, Chris, we have to go to pumpkin patch. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I mean, taking little kid like twins to a pumpkin patch and they weren't even two yet they weren't even two november whatever but so i get us all dressed and we go and of course we're in georgia so it was like you know 95 degrees in october (laughs) it was like it was the worst we drove an hour it was terrible we took i mean i I took this hilarious horrible picture of us just like trying to take a picture they're sweating and i was just like what am i doing and then as i kind of thought about it i was like why was I so hell bent on going? I was like, Oh, it's cause I see these pictures of every, and like I had internalized the message that for me to be a good mom, mm-hmm. I need to take my kids to mm-hmm. all of these things, you know? Yeah, right. And when I see everyone else doing yeah. it, like the mm-hmm. Santa pictures or like whatever. And like, we just, so the last couple of years I've given myself, I'm like, mm-hmm. we're just not going to do Santa pictures. I don't care. Yeah. Like, it's and okay. I think they're funny and great if right. you want to do them, but like, that's just not my thing. But like, yeah. I didn't realize how much I had been internalizing that right. stuff. And it was kind of, creepy yeah well I was gonna say like you were talking about how you know you were you use um uh just scrolling through Instagram or whatever as a way to like zone out or whatever Mm -hmm. and for me I do it a lot to um see what everybody else is doing because so I can compare Uh and um even though I wouldn't verbalize that if I really like dig deep enough down into that and so to me, a lot of it has to do with like motivation. Yeah. Like why are, why am I getting on this right now? Mm-hmm. Whether it's oh, yeah. as a distraction to distract from real life, or if it's because I want to see what everybody else is doing so I can match my life to that mm-hmm. or um, whatever. I was, I don't know what I was listening to recently where they were talking about social media because, um, you know, that's kind of the, the buzz topic, but um, they were talking about how, what we need to be mindful of is that everybody's social media is a highlight reel. Mm -hmm. And that is, there's nothing wrong with the fact that that it's a highlight reel. Mm -hmm. Um, Ours is a highlight reel, reel, theirs is a highlight reel. But knowing that our highlight reels all look different and being okay with that. And if we can't be okay with my highlight reel looking different than your highlight reel and your highlight reel, Mm -hmm. then maybe I need to take a step back. But if I'm willing to step into that saying, they're celebrating X, Y, and Z. I'm going to celebrate with mm-hmm. them. And then I'm going to celebrate my X, Y, and Z, which looks different than theirs. Mm-hmm. Then that's, that's great. But if I keep going into that and all I'm doing is constantly comparing and I, I feel envy and I feel like I wish right. something bad would happen to them. This is an extreme, but wish something bad would happen to them. So their highlight reel doesn't look as good anymore. Whatever, you know, we spiral into, then maybe mm-hmm. we need to take a step back. Cause we need, it's, it's, it's going like any other kind of stewardship is going finding what our motivation is for I it. I totally agree with yeah. that. Like we all need to take a look internally yeah. to what's going on. And that's a moment to moment challenge. It's not yeah. something where I can uh, prescribe. I mean, that's like um, yeah. a lot of people's, you know, struggle with food too. It's a moment to moment set of choices yeah. 
that, you know, I can't prescribe if you only look at social media for X number of minutes a week, it's not going to be an issue for you. Right. You know, that's that that would be like trying to follow a rigid diet and then thinking you're going to have a great relationship with food. You know, that's not those don't equate. So it's more about internally looking at your motivation, you know, and having some self-awareness too, and making conscious choices about, you know, if, if I have had my worst day that I've had in the past month, might that not be a good time to sit down and look at everyone's highlight reel? Right. Right. Maybe that's not going to necessarily be great timing to make that choice. Yeah. Or if I say, Hmm, I want to catch up with what everybody's been up to and take a look at Facebook. Maybe I set a timer on my phone for 15 minutes and say, when that goes off, I'm done. Yeah. Especially if you start to feel yourself. I think we've probably all been sucked into that. Oh, I'm just going to quickly check Facebook or something. And, you know, here you are 30, 45 minutes later. Yeah. Still looking at whatever. Oh, yeah. And they're like engineered to make you stay. Oh, yeah. It's like it's crazy and creepy and terrible. But I think that might be what bothers me the most about media is when it starts to feel intrusive, you know, when I have been, let's say, you know, I've looked up a dress that I like from a particular, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then there it is right there in the, in the banner, Mm -hmm. you know, for the next two weeks. So it's not just what you look at. So um, yesterday morning, um, yesterday was my kid's first day of school. Mm -hmm. And afterwards there was a group of us that went out to breakfast because our seconds were at school. So now both of our kids or all three of our kids or whatever are at school and we're finally Mm -hmm. free. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Not that we don't love our children, (laughs) but um, I hate that you even have to say that when you make a joke about it. Yeah. 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 So anyway, so before somebody bashes me on, on Instagram (laughs) So, um, yeah, no, I, um, anyways, we were discussing, we were talking, it was some product. I'm just, I can't even remember off the top of my head. We were having a discussion. This one of my friends had bought a product. Um, I think it was a weighted blanket. Mm -hmm. She bought a weighted blanket and she she had used it for the first night and she had slept so well for the first time. We were talking about anxiety and how the weighted blankets Mm -hmm. help with anxiety. So anyways, we had this whole conversation. Yeah. I didn't look it up. I didn't look up weighted blankets. We just had a conversation about anxiety. Maybe she was talking about getting one for kids. And I was then thinking about Mm -hmm. my daughter who does struggle with anxiety. Maybe it would be good for her. And so we had this whole conversation. Then we moved on and continued Mm -hmm. conversation. I went home and got an Instagram and the first ad that popped up was for weighted blankets. Mm -hmm. So they were listening as well. If you're my microphone is on their their yeah Yeah. so So that feels like it's intrusive into our lives and that is where we can say okay how do I turn off the microphone or how do how do I just turn off do we ever even turn off our phones I don't think I do I just charge it and keep going yeah yeah Yeah. it's true no yeah well and that's where it gets like scary because now everyone has an expectation that they can reach you all the time Mm -hmm. yeah so it's like what do you do because I, I yeah, it's like I have so many times I'm like, like we're going to the beach in uh, a couple weeks and I'm like, I just want to leave my phone here. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to not even take it. But I can't do that because right. like, you know, well, you think they can reach me. You've been conditioned to believe you can't do that. True. True. You know, I think you could do that. Yeah. You could leave a message. Yeah. Like with people you're close to mm-hmm. or, or something that, you know, not where you're staying in case of emergency. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, you know. There are ways, but it does, it, it's not our tendency to try and find our way through that. We did live light so without them at one point. Right. Like we went on vacation without cell phones and yeah. we told people what hotel we were staying at if they needed to reach us. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it yeah. did. Yeah. I, for one, am very happy 
that there was not so much video readily accessible <laughs> during my college years and high school years because I'm glad that that wasn't recorded, you know. Yeah. Oh, God. And, yeah. you know, yeah. to just have, I feel bad that probably was because she's younger than us. Oh. I think that was <laughs> For me, I'm 41, so, you know, I didn't have that. But, I, I you know, I kind of feel bad yeah. sometimes for, for the youth now yeah. that – you know, they're, they're making mistakes, learning just like we all have, but for away. them, yeah. sometimes those, those things are caught on video and shared with everyone in their school. And that, that is really, um, a tough thing to work through at that age, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. um, or any age really, but you know, especially <laughs> at such a vulnerable time, you know, and another thing that, that I think is really hard about social media is the whole like thing and you know suddenly there's Mm -hmm. a a quantity of how much someone likes your picture and therefore you you know that we too quickly equate Mm -hmm. somebody's number of comments or somebody your number of comments or your number of likes to you know a sense of self and that's where I think we need to be critical consumers and say no, I'm not going to let this define me. You know? Well, yeah, because, I mean, even though it sounds like that's a teenage thing, I have that issue. If I'm I post a picture and no one likes it, right? I'm just like, huh. No, you don't ever do that. <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> Every time I post something on our woven page and no one likes it, I'm like, Rebecca, why is no one liking it? Like, <laughs> you immediately feel in- insecure. Yes. It, and it's like, yes. and if we feel that way. How, imagine Imagine at 16, yeah. 15. Yeah. I just, you know, think it's really hard. It's really hard, yeah. Well, so we're... Oh, go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, I I was thinking the other day, um, I, don't, I don't remember why this came across my brain, but I was like, I spend... When I post something on social media, the day that I do that, I spend more time on social media than on the days I don't post anything yeah, yeah. because uh-huh. I go for approval, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you know? So you're constantly checking for approval mm-hmm. or for comments or whatever to respond mm-hmm. to, whatever it is. And so, but on days I don't post stuff that I don't find myself going back mm-hmm. as much. So then there's the motivation again. Like, yeah. why am I posting those things? Like you were talking about the pumpkin patch pictures. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm taking pictures of my kids, is my thought that I'm doing this because I'm trying to preserve memories or am I taking pictures of my kids because I want to put it up on social media? And maybe I will put it up on social right. media. Maybe it's both. Maybe it's both. But it just constantly checking my my mm-hmm. heart motivation of why I'm doing these things and why I'm getting on. is It's like, like you were saying, it's an everyday right. battle. It's not something that is a one and done. Right. Yeah. So as far as boundaries, like I feel like we should talk about boundaries for us and then maybe get into like boundaries for kids as Mm -hmm. we're raising children who are going into this being their norm where it wasn't for us but let's talk about adults for a second well I think the two are related because you know we can limit our kids screen time or put a set of rules into effect but it's also going to have an impact on them what they see us doing right so if we say you get an hour of screen time (laughs) But we constantly have our phone in front of right. our face. That is a mixed message mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. So I think it does start with setting some of our own boundaries and just having self-awareness around why am I doing this? And starting to notice if you truly feel like something might be mimicking sort of an addictive process. If you know you tend to get um, addicted to other types of things, then you might have to be especially careful with social media yeah. um, or any type of you know, consumption of media 
it's not about cutting it out altogether, but mm-hmm. just monitoring why am I doing this? What need is this meeting for me mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe I ought to take some time away from it. And then paying attention to how do you feel when you do take time away from it? Mm-hmm. You know, is yes. it tough to tolerate? Mm-hmm. That can be a really telling thing, you know, and that's true for addictions for sure. Like, do you experience a craving? That's one of the hallmarks of an addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and there's even, I think, a similar, um, the reward system in our brain. You know, the same thing is happening um, taking a drug that provides a reward and a release of dopamine as, you know, on a smaller scale, of course, you know, those likes on Facebook mm-hmm. or those, you know, your phone gives a notification that someone's made a comment, you know, about, about your picture and, you know, obviously on a much smaller scale, but it's still doing the same thing right. and creating this pathway of reward that, you know, we just have to be conscious of when that's happening. Yeah. I think it becomes like a weird line, like for us, because we have social media for the podcast, like I mm-hmm. do feel a need to, cause like one time someone like asked a question and I didn't see it for a while and I was like, mm-hmm. crap, I need to be better about that. But mm-hmm. I, it's like, it's hard when you like when it, cause so many companies now too, I mean like people mm-hmm. have like, I have a friend, her job is social media yeah. for a company. I mean, this oh, is like a lot of people, a lot that. of people. Yeah. And so I think like when you're just on it all day, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. I think in those moments to put boundaries up. And like, I think that's something I've struggled with personally, just with our podcast. Cause it's like, even if I am in an unhealthy place, I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, well I have to check it for the podcast. Right. And I'll just, you know, it's like an excuse. And, um, yeah. So I don't know. That's, but again, it's not necessarily bad. I think you're also modeling how you're using social media, not just if you're using it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if I show my kids a funny video, like my sister did this thing um, the other day where she did the voice of Ursula. It was like a (laughs) Snapchat thing. Uh And she was singing a Sunday school song in the voice of Ursula with her face (laughs) all contorted. And it was hilarious, you know? Yeah. That's, that was funny. It was entertaining. It made us laugh. We watched it a few times and then set down the phone, you know? Yeah. That's fine. Like, I think we're, we're demonstrating how to use it. You know, if we, if we're demonstrating every time there's a down moment, I'm grabbing my phone that also sends a different message. Like I can't tolerate downtime or, you know, I need to fill every moment with Mm -hmm. some sort of input or, Mm -hmm. you know, entertainment. Yeah. Um, And I think like a lot of us find ourselves in that place, but we, it's like everyone else is in that place too. Mm-hmm. And then we just don't know what to do with it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I because mean, it's cultural. There's it, a cultural right. norm, uh, you know, where if you've ever seen, you know, a group of teenagers uh-huh. out to dinner together and are they interacting and talking? I mean, maybe sometimes they are, but more and more often yeah. it seems like you see a table of people yeah. all looking at their phones, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I heard this discussed at a conference I went to on addictions and the person who was presenting was saying, you know, it's almost like now we've developed two lives. You know, you have your online Mm -hmm. life and you have your real life, but sometimes your online life starts to feel more like your real life Mm -hmm. for some people. And you have to really be conscious of what is happening there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he was saying, especially for younger people who are, who have been raised in this um, as part of the culture that, you know, there is that constant kind of feeling like they're in two worlds, Mm. you know, there's the texts and the social media world that they are constantly responding to and putting things into. And then there's the face to face, you know? Yeah. 
Well, it's like that, I mean, our, our best self or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Brennan yeah. Manning calls it the imposter, your false self. Your resume self. Your resume self. It's like, yes. it's like <clears throat> not only the cultural norm, but it's like expected that that's mm-hmm. how you act now. So right. it totally makes sense that people would be confused. I mean, I feel confused about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But yeah, that's. Yeah. So what do you think about practical boundaries? Like, I know there's no well, formula because everybody's well, sure. different. Yeah. So um, I came up with sort of a list of questions. Do you want me to share? Yes, these? Like, please. Things you might ask yourself. And we'll have these on the show notes. Too, help you so. assess, yeah. like, might this be an issue for me? Yeah. Um, and really, there, there are questions not just to try and identify a problem or something, but to to just kind of practice, yeah. you know, assessing on an ongoing basis how... What's your relationship with media? Um, yeah. Because we all have a relationship with media. It's just, you know, I think we have to come back also from a spiritual place and think about the whole idea of stewardship, you know, being in a place where we are mindful and generous and have a balance between meeting our own needs and meeting other people's needs, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And if we can approach stewardship from that place, it becomes less um, likely to be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, but here are some of the questions I was thinking. So you can ask yourself, how much time do I spend on essential and non-essential use of media? Cause if you think about it, sometimes you have to use media yeah. for your job or school for kids or whatever it is. So just to identify for yourself, bring it into your awareness. How much time am I spending? And actually yeah. track that, you mm-hmm. know, for a couple of days and, and notice yeah. How much of my day am I actually yeah. using this? Um, and then, you know, try to reduce the non-essential use. Um, and when there's, this is sort of a new area with addictions. We talked about this in the course that I taught in the spring on addictions. And they were saying they, they identify people who seem to have problems with internet addiction. They're approaching the 38 to 80 hours a week range of wow. spending time on you know, consuming the internet in some way. And so that is sort of a, you know, arbitrary to some extent um, amount, but it kind of gives you something as a marker to compare yeah. to. Yeah. So, um, you know, but by reducing that, I mean, if you're asking, well, why do I need to reduce that? You know, I mean, as you do, I think you lessen the control that media has on you and, you know, it, we sometimes have the impression it's going to give us more control to have mm-hmm. more information yeah. and more yeah. um, social media knowledge or something. But actually, FOMO. it's taking control <laughs> yeah, away yeah. from Big you. problem with FOMO. Yeah. That's one of my main yeah. motivations is and to know everything. Yeah. Right. And I'm glad yeah. you brought up FOMO because I think FOMO is a fact of life. You know, yeah. I yes. think we are best off just accepting FOMO because uh-huh. we, you know, by choosing one thing, we are always not choosing other things. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something yeah. I read in a book by Irvin Yalom, who's a, a famous psychologist that really stuck with me. You know, alternatives exclude, he said. So uh, if uh-huh. you choose one thing, you're automatically not choosing a lot of other things. Yeah. And we just have to accept that. And we yeah. have to just yeah. understand that. And so I think a better question for ourselves is, do I like how I spent my Saturday? You know, yeah. instead yeah. of mm-hmm. saying... Oh, look how they spent their Saturday. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I would have been there. Yeah. You know, so make it an internal measurement rather than letting all these external impressions define 
whether you had a good Saturday or not. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, you can ask yourself, did I consume media for longer than intended? You know, if you sit down to check it, kind of like I was saying earlier, Mm -hmm. and then you find yourself on it an hour later, you know, that could potentially point to an issue. So you might set a timer or just try to increase your mindfulness about that. And if you do limit it, you know, one thing I've noticed with our kids, if I set a limit on their screen time, they find other stuff to do. Yeah. You know, and the screens might be what they gravitate toward. Mm -hmm. But when we say it's time to turn it off and we hold to that, they do find stuff to do. Yeah. You know, so um, you can ask yourself, uh, I already said this one kind of, but what do I experience when I abstain from media consumption? Yeah. So, or do you get anxious? Do you crave checking your Facebook or whatever it is? Um, and just try to, you know, be mindful about that. Set your own standard. Like I was saying. Yeah. I, I, so I ever, well, the past few years for Lent, I've mm-hmm. given up social media yeah. and, um, and the first couple of days, are really hard. Yeah. yeah. And then I realized, that's when I realized, okay, that, this is why, this is what yeah. I need to give up. And, you know, I was in a talk recently about um, social media addiction and, you know, it's now a, um, I think it's now a dying a diagnosable condition mm-hmm. and I mean they have like a what I don't remember what the actual term is for the diagnosis mm-hmm. but um they were talking about you know making doing a fast every week and mm-hmm. and the point of that is to break that cycle because right. doing it once a year at Lent is great but mm-hmm. it doesn't break that cycle now I'm not saying I do the once a week fast but right. it's a good way to like do that check on yourself right that because I, I mean, it's really hard those first few days right. once you decide to cut yourself. And it's just like anything else is how you know that your kids have an issue with whatever it is, not just media mm-hmm. or video games or whatever. Like if I can't think I'm trying to think of it, an example, but if you take it away from them, yeah. how do they react? Right. Well, that shows you what kind of tie they have to whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. And so same thing with us. When it's taken right. away from us or when it's self-induced taking away from us, right. like how do we react to that? And yeah. for me, like that's my check. Right. Yeah. And it's okay to be angry or to be upset when something's taken away, I think. But how do you cope with that as yeah. well? Can you calm yourself? Can you yeah. work through it? You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, and you can also consider um, – You know, one thing that I read about was people who are prone to internet addiction um, tend to be harm avoidant people and novelty seeking people. So, So like, you're always an eight on the Enneagram. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. But, you know, like, always looking for some new stimuli. You know? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's something. If you know that you're kind of a sensation seeker looking for new stimuli all the time, like, Uh that may be you may be someone who's a little more prone to this, you know, or if you're a harm avoidant person, there may be something that feels more safe about, you know, interacting on online as opposed to face to face. You know, if you're a person who has difficulty with face to face confrontations or, you know, just interactions, if you get anxious, if you, you know, have social anxiety, something like that, you might be more at risk for this, for getting more addicted to online because it might, you know, that kind of communication might just be more of a comfort zone. Yeah. Type. And if you're an introvert, I feel like yeah, for me, it's just true. so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Than having a face to face or a phone call or whatever. Yeah. I know I get, I, and I'm not even an introvert and I'm an extrovert, yeah. but I've, I, 
I guess, became so trained that I don't even want to deal with people over the phone anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if you're a company that I can't deal with this online, then I don't want to be your customer. Yeah. Like, I should be able to deal with everything automated. Right. Like, and then I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, like, yeah. listen to yourself and you're like, oh, that's not good. That I right. can't even pick up a phone call and have a conversation right. with a customer service person anymore because mm-hmm. it has to be right. online. Then, um, And I'm an extrovert. And yeah. I've, I've found that I try to, li- I, I mm. find myself limiting more human interaction That's because it's just easier online. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or now, like, I do this app to go pick up lunch sometimes, you know, yes. where they, it's ready when I get there. I've already yes. paid online. I walk in and pick <laughs> up the bag and walk out, you know, mm-hmm. and it's less interaction yeah. with people, even though mm-hmm. I'm a psychologist and you would think I like interaction with people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do it all day, so lunch is like, not when you have to talk to people at lunch, you know. But, um, I don't know. It's just something to be aware of. And I think mm-hmm. make sure that we are seeking out still having face-to-face contact because there is nothing that replaces that kind of connection. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we can also ask, am I giving up other things that are important to me so I can consume uh, more media? You yeah. know, that that's a question for any addiction. You know, are you giving up other things that are important to you so that you can pursue that thing? And I mean, it might not seem like an answer, but for me, it's reading. Like, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many nights I've been yeah. like, I'm going to read a book. And right. instead, I've been on Pinterest yeah. for three hours doing nothing. Yeah. yeah. I do right. the same thing. So I think, like, you think of it, you're like, oh, I, I'm not giving up time with my family or I'm not giving up. But you are giving yeah. things up. Oh, yeah. You know? And I think it's not just about being mindful of what you are doing that mm-hmm. might be a... a problem but what is the outcome of that behavior you know if you like I notice sometimes you know oh I gotta binge watch this show you know and I watch more episodes than I think and all of a sudden it's midnight and Mm -hmm. I'm like oh and how do I feel the next morning I'm dead tired I've stayed Mm -hmm. up too late you know and so it's what's what's the outcome of this behavior yeah yeah you know it's, it's like any good. other overindulgence. Right. Like in the, you know, yeah. alcohol or whatever. Right. Like the next morning you don't feel so good. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm glad you brought up binging a show because I yeah. think this is the norm too. We right. think it's normal to watch right. four episode, four hour long episodes every night. Yeah. I think it's normal. It's not right. normal. Like, right. Or maybe it, well, it's well, the definition of normal, but like it shouldn't be what I yeah. do every night. Yeah. It is. Well, and I think we also do have to be careful not to pathologize everything. That yeah. Is yeah. Media consumption because of course, I mean, we all binge watch shows probably. And yeah. you know, sometimes it's kind of nice. And that's where I think it's a moment to moment thing. Yeah. Yes. You know? Sometimes you can, you can binge right. watch four episodes, four or five episodes and then yeah. not watch it again for a few days. And that might've been yeah. a healthy thing that you really needed to do that day yeah. because yeah. it was just, you yeah. just needed to unwind and yes. that's good self care, you know, uh-huh. but it's a, it's more a big, bigger picture question. Is this my go-to strategy? You know, do yes. I have other ways of dealing with things when I'm stressed or when I need to relax? Yeah. Um, you know, do I have a variety of things or is it always media? Yeah. Mm. That's, you know? a, that's a great question yeah. because I, I think we, we, we don't need to vilify right. the fact that sometimes we use media yeah. to wind down right it's just you have any other ways of winding down exactly. or is that your only way to wind right. down and that's a question for my, I'm speaking to myself when I yeah. say that and I I would say that carries over to food as well you know yes. it's okay to enjoy food and for that to yeah. be sort of a comfort thing but make sure that we also have we need to make sure we also have other ways that we feel comfort or yeah. we're going to be prone to misusing food you know yeah um so, and I also think you can ask, do I feel more or less connected to positive people when I do this? You know, 
maybe you're watching a Netflix show with your spouse or with friends and it ends up being a really enjoyable time that connects you. Yeah. Great. You know, mm-hmm. if you, on the other hand, watch something that, you know, upsets you, it's too intense, too violent or too, I don't know what, and this is where people differ, you know, yeah, right. have their levels. sensitivity yeah. to different things, you know, um, you just have to, it's so individual. You have to monitor within yourself. What's the outcome of this? Is it yes. something that builds me up or is it something that, you know, really isn't seeming to be too good for me? Yes. You know, definitely. It's like constant gut check. Yeah. Of, yeah. I think like, yeah, it's good to bring up too. I mean, I think like for someone listening, they might be like, oh my gosh, like right. I do have these, but I think it's just good to remember like we all have these tendencies, right. you know, Absolutely. and it, and it varies in seasons of life. And like, I know like right. when I was a new stay at home mom, I feel like I was on social media constantly because right. I was like super lonely. So, but I mean, I don't think like, I'm just saying don't freak out. Right. I guess. Cause I think like people could hear this and be right. like, Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, that's what know. I'm afraid of. Like, you know, I, that's why yeah. I don't want people to be listening, pathologizing themselves yes. about all this. I mean, this is just a normal part of our culture. We just have to. We're all learning how to do it. Yes. And exactly. so this is meant to be like helpful. And right. if we're saying like it, something and you're like, oh gosh, I think I'm addictive here. It's not something right. to be scared of. It's right. just something to know because it's just like with anything else. Like if you're. Like, man, I can't go to Chick-fil-A without getting this one thing, and I know I don't need to eat that every day. Well, maybe you make a choice to not go there that day if you don't want it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's just knowing yourself, and it's bringing the power back to us. I think that that's kind of been our whole thing with the stewardship series. It's not like you're doing it wrong, tisk tisk. It's been like, Mm -hmm. you have power here with how you spend your money, how you spend your time on media, how you spend your life. And so let's take it back. Let's mm-hmm. remember what media offers us and let's also notice what it's doing and let's take the power back. And so I just wanted to say right. that so that it's clear, like this yeah. is an empowering thing. This is not something to make you like feel crappy. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause there's some really yeah. good aspects to media. Yes, like it can be used in very powerful and useful ways. And a lot of things have happened positively because of social media that yeah. couldn't have happened in the past. Definitely. And, um, and I, it's given people a voice that didn't mm-hmm. have a voice before. And there's so, it has started change movements that weren't mm-hmm. started before. Like, right. so there, like we said, it's not, there's not, it's not all bad. Like oh, there's like really yeah. great things about it. So it's, I think it's, I, I think a lot of this goes also to like, I think you mentioned and it made me think of it and it's triggering it again mm-hmm. about gratitude yeah. and like going into our consumption of social media and being grateful for what we have mm-hmm. so that when we bring that into yes. our social media, we can be grateful for what other people have instead right. of going in with it. Cause sometimes my, t- a lot times my tendency is to be oh woe is me and then mm-hmm. I go to social media right, for yeah. a fix and then like I'm just even more deeper in the pit yeah versus yeah. coming with it with a with like a happy heart if you will like we tell our children yeah. <laughs> well, if you can approach it from a place of contentment yes then you're able to celebrate other people's successes exactly. rather than feel envious which usually is not a very good feeling you yeah. know yeah so I think you're exactly right about that. And I think, you know, choice and empowerment are really key yeah. concepts with all of this, you know, that, that to remember, we do have choices, you know, if, a, okay. if an app on your phone is consistently making you feel bad, delete it. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You know, and you may even find that some of your friends also decide to delete it because they feel the same way. You know, sometimes yeah. it just takes one person to, uh, you know, start the ripple of change. 
yeah. in in this area too. And there's freedom to unfollow people. Oh, I, I mean, yeah. that's like a huge thing important. I do. Like every once in a while, I just go through and if anyone like makes me feel icky for any reason, right? I just delete them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not just icky too. I, I think that sometimes if there is something that, and, and they're not doing anything wrong, well, yeah, but whatever they do triggers you mm-hmm. to have an unhelpful response. Right. <laughs> doesn't mean you're not going to be friends with them in right. real life anymore. Maybe just what, so I think I'm trying to think of an example. So for me, like I really don't care about decorating my house that much. I mean, okay. I want my house to be nice. Yeah. I want it to be tidy. I like my things mm-hmm. that I have acquired from travels and that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. I am not, I do not have a designer home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really work towards that. Right. Um, but sometimes certain, um, no, I'm not talking about close friends, but I'm just people that I follow on social media. Um, you know, not anybody close to me, um, are that mm-hmm. way. And that's kind of, you know, their business or, or books that they sell or whatever is on that. Mm-hmm. Then I start to think that, I need to do that even though I don't like to do that. You know, I don't really right. care about that, mm-hmm. but that makes me think I do need it's, to care about it. It's that external standard that yes. somebody's it's making. It's your pumpkin you, patch. You know, yes, it's my pumpkin <laughs> patch. That's right. <laughs> yes. That's where the self-awareness can help so yes. much to say, you know what? I don't value that. Yeah. And I'm starting to feel as though I'm supposed to value that. Yes. But I don't have to. Yes. You know, and that's where the empowerment can come to just say, I'm choosing not to value that. And, and other people okay. can value that. And that's right. right. There's nothing wrong with them valuing that. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that that being what's important to them. Right. But that's not what's important to me. But something externally is telling me mm-hmm. right. that that needs to be important to me when it's not important to me. Uh-huh. And I'm yeah. okay with that, the way my house looks. So why do I right. then look at these things and think that it's not okay when I really don't care if it's okay? And that's a very circular yeah. argument. But um yeah, so, yeah. and that's just an example, but maybe I don't need, maybe I need to unfollow. That doesn't mean I'm not friends with that person. Sure. But, like, you I have just, different values, though, and yes. that's okay. You know, I think a quick thing we all could do to identify our values is just make a pie chart. Just draw a circle on a page mm-hmm. and try to identify what are your values and make little pieces of the pie. Like, this is what I value. And just bring it into your own um, awareness where yeah. you want your energy to go. And then consume the media and say, does this fit with my idea of that's what right. I value yeah. Yeah. instead of going to media to tell, and, to tell you what that pie should look like. No, that's, a that's really, really good. That's a really good framework. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, anything that we haven't talked about that you just have burning desire to say? Um, there's one thing that, that struck my mind when you were just talking, Rebecca, have you guys uh, heard of the Marie Kondo yeah. decluttering yes, yes, thing? Yes, 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 yes. So one of the questions, her core question she asks about, you know, decluttering your home, you, you're, you know, she has this whole thing for people yes. who may not know that you throw it all and throw every possession you have like into the middle of the room, touch each object and ask yourself the question, does this spark joy? Uh-huh. Yes. You know, and I love that question. I think that's a great question to ask, not only about our possessions, but about the apps on our phone or about the mm-hmm. movies we watch, about the, the ways that we consume media to ask ourselves, mm-hmm. does, did it spark joy for me to look yes. at Facebook just then? Mm-hmm. If it did, great. You know, if it didn't, then maybe there's something to think about either the mindset you go into it whether you're whether you do it, how much time you spend on it, and again, I think that's individual. 
For but sure. that might be a good guiding question. Yeah, for sure. That's really what good. were you going to say, Rebecca? Um, oh, I was just going to talk about like how weird it can be when you have a breakup, like not even a romantic breakup necessarily, but like <laughs> if you have like a something goes away, whether it's like you've decided to stop like supporting a brand. I remember there was this like blogger I followed and then I just like, she went one way and I was like, I don't really relate to her anymore, but like, mm-hmm. I can't stop reading her blog because I'm so invested at this point. So right. I have like 10 years. Uh-huh. Um, but I just was noticing and like, just like old friendships that maybe aren't there anymore and like having to, but it's so weird. Cause it's like, do I unfollow that person? Like mm. what, you know, but how there's just, and I, I know with a lot of people who are dating, and break up with the person it's like they're still there and there's such a temptation to just like check on what they're doing and right. now it's not even like there's nothing stopping you whereas mm-hmm. before it was like you would end a relationship and the person would just kind of be gone and right. you would go about your life and now or i feel like a you know restraining order if you did it do like, you want to talk on a later episode <laughs> 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 that's I just mean we can stalk in a way we weren't able to stalk. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah totally. I'm saying. Well, it, it opens up all these different possibilities yeah. of the you know Facebook stalking people and you yes. know following and how hard it is to lives. stop yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know and how right. like tempting that is. Yeah. And so it's just yeah. that's like something for me that is just really yeah. like yeah awkward and uncomfortable because yeah. it's like it's there and it's just right, right there. Like how do you. Yeah. But I mean, something we've started with Netflix, like we'll a lot of times watch a show and then, you know, you're not into it, but you're like, well, I already watched one season, but it's like, mm-hmm. just because you started it doesn't mean you have to finish it. Right. So we don't and have I, to be all or nothing. Yeah. yeah. And I think you had asked it earlier about kids, you know, and I yeah. think we can guide them by helping them not to be all or nothing about it. But yes. also helping them to be critical consumers. So even when you see a billboard, when you see a commercial, when you see any form of media to talk with your kids and you know, there's the common sense media. You guys, yeah, that yeah, common sense. that's yeah. a really great resource to look up. You know, if you have questions about whether a movie is appropriate for a certain age child, you can look it up and, see, but it'll also give you some issues that you might want to discuss mm-hmm. that are part of that film, you know, or game or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And you don't have to use that as a guide, but, just doing that in some way, I think is helpful to, to have, you know, with your kids say, what do you think that billboard is telling us about, you know, that product and to see if they can read through, you know, and almost approach it like we're detectives and we're looking for the hidden message, you know, and Mm -hmm. that can make it almost a game, but you're really training them to think critically. I think, so one of the best things I've heard recently, and I think I was sitting um, in on a talk on um, children and and media, Mm -hmm. and one of the best things that came out of that was, we're not getting rid of media. And you're not doing your Nor kid. We, no, yeah. and you're not doing, you're doing your kid a disservice if you right. just completely block them from all of it. What he talked about being a big thing to do is consuming with your child. Mm-hmm. So um, as they're consuming whatever form of media it is, you're consuming it with them, mm-hmm. whether it's a video game or whatever, you're right. playing it with them. Yeah. You're watching the movie with them. Mm-hmm. You're um, on Snapchat with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm too old. I don't even have Snapchat. But like whatever. Whatever it is, um, yeah. like, you know, whatever it is, and then you can talk about it together, yeah. Yeah. Um, even from a young age. And, you know, if you start this when they're 16, it may not work. But, mm-hmm. if, you know, your seven or eight-year-olds or whatever, I say this because I'm an eight-year-old, but, like, doing it with them right. so then you can do what you just said right. of, like, talking through that with them because they're going to consume it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you can regulate how much, 
as they get older, you're going to be able to regulate less and less, mm-hmm. but they are going to consume it. So they need to know how to consume mm-hmm. it critically. And you're the first line of that. Right. So uh, instead of just saying, it's all bad, you can't have any of it. We're not going to do it at all. I'm not going to do it with you. You're not going to do it with me. Right. We're not doing any of this. Um, it, it's consuming it together. Right. And I think I thought that was a, like a really good takeaway. Because that, that opens up the possibility for you to have a relationship with, yes, with each other about what's going on. Yeah. You know, and to, you know, set the precedent early to also know who your kids are connected to. Cause there's seven eight year olds playing Xbox with their friends who are in the house down the street, you know, and making sure that you know who they're connected with. Yeah. Just yeah. like they, you would want to know who they're they were on going a play, play date, date with. with. Yeah. Really exactly. That is an online play date. In a yes. way. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah. So let's make ourselves aware and make them aware of a, a precedent yeah. early on. Yeah. to understand that everybody's on the same page with who they're spending time with, not just yeah. in person, but online. That's great. And like what we're doing. I mean, that's something that I've been doing. My girls are three and a half, but I've been telling them like, cause they'll just, yeah, I can tell when I'm on my phone, they're looking at me like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So I'll say, Hey, I can, did you know, I can type a message to daddy and I'll like show it to them. I say, "I'll oh, daddy will send me a message mm-hmm. back. And I tell them what I'm doing yeah. because mm-hmm. I think part of it, like you're saying, like, I can beat myself up and be like, I should be the mom who's singing Kumbaya with my kids on a rug <laughs> and like never on my phone. But that's just not reality. Like I have to be on my phone sometimes in front of them. Right. So what I started yeah. doing is just telling what I'm doing instead right. of being like, hang on just a second. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm sending yeah. a message or right. I'm putting a picture or like whatever I'm doing. So mm-hmm. that's been helpful. And they've been a lot less like, yeah. um, what's the word? combative you know yeah. when they see that my attention's divided like oh they have i know what you're understand. doing well yeah yeah and i think uh, front expectations you know i right. can i can say especially during the summer during the school year you know i try to like get off for a little while when they get home from school yeah. and you know that kind of stuff but when they're home all day during the summer it's harder and you know we have a job i mean yeah even though we don't get paid for it we have a job that we're doing and um, we have a ministry and God's called us to it mm-hmm. and so sometimes I have to say mommy's working right now and yeah. I'm not on the phone trying to ignore you I'm on the phone because I'm working mm-hmm. you know and but they know that there's an end to that and you're yes. going to come back and you're going to mm-hmm. hang out with them again or whatever so I think they can see that mm-hmm. you like have you, you can have healthy boundaries right. with it yeah so totally that's yeah. really good yeah Whew. That was a lot. And I think like what you said, like when you were talking, Angela, about um, being the detective, I was thinking like, I should do that. Right. Because I was looking at... It's um, good for us too, particularly with body image and stuff. Yeah, People on, you know, let's look critically at this. And is this an uplift, uplifting message? What is this ad telling us is going to happen if we buy this article of clothing or yeah. whatever. Like know? I thought, okay, so we'll close on this just because I thought it was so crazy. I yeah. got my Ulta catalog today, the male Ulta uh-huh. is like a makeup store mm-hmm. and um, there's a new mascara out and it's called Climax, <laughs> which I was like, seriously? And um, yeah. and so the ad- I don't know what that has to do with um, I know, but I was but, looking at yeah. it and it's like you know, red and black and it's like very sexy and it's just uh-huh. the mascara and it had right. all these like numbers and like 93% of women and it was like something like super risque and I was looking and I was like, it's mascara. Right. Like it's mascara. Right. Why is it called, cla- like, and I was just but so this ad is telling me a lot of things that are going to happen in my life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I wear this mascara. It's just overselling. Right. right. I just right. want to say like Mr. Yes. Nars. Like, see, we laugh about soul. this, but that's yeah. the stuff that gets embedded unconsciously. Yes. So, we have to talk yeah. about it out loud so that it doesn't just seep into those. Totally. So bring it to the light. Totally. Yep. yep. 
Well, thank you so much for, um, gosh, sharing and guiding us through that. We'll, um, we'll put Angela's resources, um, yeah, up on the show notes, on the show notes. We'll also share it to our social media and look out for those headshots. They're pretty funny. Yeah. And I was going to say, I mean, I think this is just like an ongoing conversation. Yeah. So, um, you know, pop on our social media, email us, whatever, you know, um, Angela can't run away from us. So uh, we know how to find her. So yeah. just like, and just with us too, just like, I think that of all uh, between this and the body, which I think these are two things that are just an ongoing conversation that doesn't go away. There, there's not a finality to them. Yeah. And so um, we're just, we're excited to be a part of the conversation. And we're going to be um, revisiting these things a little bit yeah. in different mm-hmm. ways. So look out for that coming yeah. up. Awesome. So cool. Well, anyway, till next time. Yay. Thanks for listening. Now we want to go eat. Let's go now eat. we're going to go yes. eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye, guys. Bye.